This is Tuesday, November 29th. Do you ever feel stuck? Or do you ever see a repeating pattern of behaviors in your life well, that is not productive? We can easily become stuck in hopelessness. We can find ourselves in the same situation for so long that we come to adapt to it. We do this even though the situation is harmful for us. Here's an example. Beginning in the 1960s, Martin Seligman, an American psychologist, coined the phrase learned helplessness. He conducted an experiment on dogs, and here's what he did. He paired up two dogs to each other, and he administered an electric shock to both of them. That doesn't sound kind, but it was a part of his experiment. Now, the first dog had a lever he could press that would stop the shock. And once he figured that out, he could press that button and stop the pain any time. But the second dog had no such button. The shocks came and left at random times, and he could do nothing about it. It was inescapable. Soon, he gave up. He just lay still and whined. Now, in the second phase of the experiment... Both dogs were subjected to a shock and both could easily get away by jumping over a low partition. The first dog that had had the lever before, well, he easily jumped to safety every time. But the second dog only lay down and whined because he had learned he could do nothing, even though he too could have easily jumped over a per partition to safety. This is learned helplessness. I believe this is what happens to us. We become stuck in patterns of hopelessness. This leads us to our text for today. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 8 to 20. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now this scene is fascinating for a whole lot of reasons. First, in the temple there were only a few chores that the priests had to carry out each day. 
In fact, there were so few chores and so many priests that the priests had to be chosen for their duties by a lottery. So months or even years might pass before a priest was chosen to actually go inside the temple. So when we hear that Zechariah won the lottery, wow, we discover this is a very unlikely opportunity for him. Now his task inside the temple would take only a few minutes at most. He was restoring incense at the altar of incense. But when he was there, he was delayed and in there for quite a while. That would get the other priests concerned, and the people too, because there was a whole protocol for getting a priest out of the temple that passed out or had a heart attack. The temple 911 would go into action for sure, and matters would have gotten really tense. But there was a good reason. Inside the temple, an angel appeared to Zechariah, and that was frightening, of course. What could this mean? The angel told him that he and his wife would have a son, and they were to give him the name John. This means that the Lord is, has been gracious. But do you notice what happened when Zechariah hears the news? He can't believe it. He cannot believe that this is possible. He's too old and his wife is beyond her childbearing years. How could this happen? Now we know that Mary asked this question of the angel that visited her. How would it be possible? But her question was an information question. Zachariah's question was more like, no, this isn't going to happen. This just is not possible. Now we need to get back to what we learned about learned helplessness. You see, likely Zachariah and Elizabeth had prayed for years asking the Lord for a child. Being faithful to the Lord, they, they just couldn't make sense of it. No doubt they went through all the stages of grief. First denial, then anger, bargaining, and depression. And then they reached acceptance. Why? Because they had to. They, they had to live with the fact that they were never going to have a child. They had to make peace with this outcome because the clock had run out for them. How many of us have gotten to this place with something in our lives? It is a long journey to acceptance. We come to accept that things will never change. Maybe we stop praying or even looking for them to happen. And this is likely where Zachariah and Elizabeth were. And this, even more, was where Jerusalem was. And the people of God, too. They had experienced occupation and the loss of freedom for so not long they no longer even hoped for it. As we learned, the rabbis stopped talking about hope and dropped it from their vocabulary. And it begs the question for us, where have we given up hope? Now don't misunderstand me, I'm not pushing for an unfound optimism. Hope is really the combination of three things, expectation, trust, and waiting. And the focus of our hope well, it's not on particular outcomes in our lives, though that would be nice. But scripture speaks of the focus of our hope being on the Lord himself. We hope in him because he holds our future and God can be trusted. And we learn to wait upon him and his timing in our lives. Now, in the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, we did not look at the meaning of John's name. It means 
The Lord has been gracious. You see, this is how God works. His way is all of grace in our lives. That doesn't mean that we get everything we long for. It means our lives are in His hands. How can we live with that? We know who God is. We know that God is too wise to make a mistake, and He's too loving to ever be cruel. We know that all God does is for our good and for His glory. Gabriel told Zechariah that his message came from the very throne of God. So what today in your life must be entrusted to the grace of God? How can you focus on God himself as the one in whom you hope? Let's pray. Faithful and gracious Father, remind us of your steadfast love. Teach us the way out of hopelessness to trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.